Hello, listeners. I am super excited to know that the group I created for My Life is a Unicorn has 41 people in it. Two weeks ago, I had just a little over 20. So I'm super excited. Thank you all for joining me in my, um, oh my gosh, in my adventure, in my journey. We'll call it a journey. We'll go on an adventure because adventures are more fun than journeys, I guess. Unless it's an epic journey, then maybe. Hmm. Thank you for joining me on my epic journey. There we go. Um, I am going to read to you guys um, another article that was posted on Islands for Life from my um, Black History Month Islands for Life blog project. But the cool thing about it is that it's not just going to be during Black History Month. We are going to be putting out articles once a month from um, black, brown folks. So, super excited. Um, and, and, and that was an email notification. Sorry about that, guys. But hey, it went right along with my yay. So, good deal. Um, but before I get to that, I wanted to discuss a few things. So, as you can tell by my amazing voice, I have a head cold. So, no, I don't have COVID. Yes, I have a head cold. Um, thank goodness it's not a man cold, because I hear those take people down hard. <laughs> oh, golly. So, my husband had tested positive for COVID, and he and I are not allowed to be anywhere near each other for the next 48 hours. Um, the reason why I say 48 hours is I tested negative. He tested a positive. He has 48 more hours to go. I have 24. Actually, probably less than 24 right now. Um, but he will be past his 14-day quarantine period. Um, around 10 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. So, just in time for Valentine's Day. Um, and I work that day. So, anyway, when I get home at 8.30 that night, I'm going to poke him in the arm and feed him dinner. And then go to sleep. <laughs> because I have to work the next day. Um, but I'm so excited to be able to sleep in the same bed as my husband. Because I've been sleeping on the couch. Yep. And hanging out in my office. Which is actually super comfortable. Um, it's like my own room. I love it. Um, and if you happen to be part of my of my little club there. You have seen the pictures of my room. My office. Love it. Um, but don't love not being able to hang out with my husband. He has been in the family room. And I have been in the dining room. And we've watched TV together. Because, you know, there's just a little dividing wall between the two. Although we're like 18 feet apart. So we watch TV together. And I text him pictures. And um, we're in the same house. But that's as close as we get. So sad face. But super excited that we are almost through this. But another sad face, guys. My son, my little 18-year-old baby, who I, I call him my baby because he's the baby of the family. Um, he, uh, he has COVID. He gave my husband COVID. He didn't give me COVID, but he has COVID, right? 
um, he's not feeling any better. <laughs> and so he has to be home for another week. But his home's in Des Moines and my home is in Altoona. So my plan, though, is to go to his home um, tomorrow, since tomorrow's the day I can, like, leave the house. Um, masked up <laughs> with a can of Lysol and go to his enclosed porch because his enclosed porch is not actually part of the house, but it is enclosed. So I won't be like frigid in this negative, I don't know, negative four degree weather right now, but I'm going to go there and I'm going to drop off some items like food and supplies and a piece of furniture I bought him. And I'm going to sit on the porch and do some computer work with him while, you know, he, he's inside of the house, we can like, we can, we can, you know, do some sort of like live feed thing. So it'll work. It will work so well. Super excited. Because then it's been a little over, it's been since the 27th of January since I've seen my child. That is the longest I have ever in my life gone without seeing my child. Not okay with that. And I know people send their children off to college and see them like three months later. I get it. I did that as a kid. But this is different because this is my kid. And that's just the way it goes. So, um, what else is happening? Oh, amazing things are happening. This has been a very interesting week. Um, I'm not going to get too much into the politics of it. But amazing thing is that I'm running for school board again. I ran in 2019. I lost in 2019, but not by much. I had a very good showing. So I'm running again this year. And I started um, yesterday <laughs> with my announcement. And I am collecting signatures for my petition. And I am saving up some moolah so I can do posters and yard signs and whatever else I need to do. And I'm networking and making connections. So, hey, if any of you folks are in the Southeast Polk School District, vote for Whitney Smith McIntosh for school board. <laughs> but I want to say the reason why I'm running is because I believe that our schools, I mean, Southeast Polk is doing a pretty decent job right now of keeping the craziness outside of the school. But I've been in the school because, you know, my child just graduated from there. And they do have LGBTQIA, I think that's all the alphabet soup, um, um, club and some posters. And although they have, you know, a Fellowship of Christian Athletes Club, too. Um, and their Black History Month poster was severely lacking. And... Um, I don't know what their curriculum is. I do know the person who is in charge of the curriculum. And I do know that she's conservative. And she has an excellent head on her shoulders. I just hope that the 1619 Project curriculum does not make it into the schools. So, instead of hoping, I'm joining the school board, if they vote me in, um, to make sure that the... 1619 project and the 1776 project do not make it in to the school as the main curriculum or the only curriculum or any curriculum. We need a fair, balanced, open, honest, and real examination of our history. We need to support our special education kids. We also need to support our, um, our advanced placement kids because, you know, sometimes they get misplaced as well. 
We need to support everybody. So that's why I'm running. There we go. Um, so I had my statement read into the record for the um, Iowa House. <laughs> it was kind of a controversial statement. But, you know, all of you guys know me. My statements are controversial. My life is controversial. I mean, let's just let's just take it and accept that that is me. And if you ask me to write a statement, it's going to be impactful and it's going to have punch and it's going to be controversial and it's going to make some people mad. And that's just the way it is. So there. Okay. Um. Oh, and I am supporting another project too, and that's the keeping um, public school bathrooms. Um, according to the biological sex of the student. So, alrighty, here we go. Alright, so I am going to read a blog by Amina Stock. And I'm super excited that I have pronounced her name right because, you know, I actually heard her pronounce her name. So, <laughs> makes me happy. Um, and this was posted on February the 10th on the Islands for Life website. And here we go. <clears throat> Her bio says, um, what God has taught me is that these unborn children are his precious ones and they are being destroyed. That's her quote. She's a homeschooling mother of five. I was the 18-year-old da daughter of a progressive mother who briefly taught me that abortion was a woman's choice. I also had a father who never mentioned a word about this topic to me in our home. It wasn't until after my own abortion that I realized how wrong and harmful this view was. Abortion in society has played a huge role in exaggerating our fears. Fathers and mothers are increasingly afraid to parent more, to parent poor, to parent alone, along with many other fears of the unknown. As my body, my choice has become the mantra for abortion advocacy, women are legally allowed to have the baby in their womb destroyed by dismemberment, suffocation, starvation of key nutrients by a pill, or burned alive with the saline solution, all provided by the government with our tax dollars. Abortion seems to offer a no-questions-asked quick result for a fearful generation. But after my experience, I want to remind you of a few things abortion does not offer. Gestational age and facts about fetal development are largely withheld from mothers and fathers to review before an abortion is performed. Photographs, tools, and an explanation of how they will be used are not discussed either. In this way, abortion in itself becomes aloof to the human mind and reinforced, and reinforced when the provider says, Baby doesn't feel pain yet, when in reality, they will. The greatest travesty is when providers offer no details or information concerning children's remains. Now we know, by undercover investigation, that aborted fetal bodies, or aborted children, are discarded in trash bags, shipped off for experimentation, or harvested for their vital organs. How is this productive, caring, or loving to a growing ethical society? Abortion offers no practical healing to the post-abortive mother who struggles from the physical trauma of a procedure that has left on her body or the mental trauma of a procedure that <clears throat> or the mental trauma a procedure has waged on her mind. 
Gas to the fire is when many in society will tell her the pain she's experiencing is not real and nothing to be ashamed of. Even more grievous is when a father is is when a father is unable to grieve for the sake of his unborn child because he is a man. Families are left broken this way. Many women turn to drugs, violent fits, promiscuity, or fall into depression due to unresolved mental pain. Physically, many women are left barren, or in the case of some botched abortions, end up losing their own life. What God has taught me is that these children are his precious ones, healers, leaders, doctors, inventors, and they are being destroyed. The God of lies has ruled in our hearts more than our, our ability to trust in the living God who loves us to provide for our needs. We as a society have been tricked to trust the devil's schemes. It is true when Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. When we choose abortion, we allow generations of families, cultures, and God's glory to be wiped out. I can't tell you how many times I thought I couldn't, but he helped me through. I am thankful for the work Jesus has done for us on the cross by his forgiveness and what his Holy Spirit does now to heal our wombs and trauma, bringing us truth into this dark world. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight.